Hello and welcome to the TD Synox. I, I always struggle with TD Synox. Can we just call it Tech Data, Nico? Is that all right? Hello. No, not anymore. To... Okay. All right. Hello and welcome to the TD Synox Microsoft Channel Discussions podcast. My name is Phil Clark. I am an independent IT consultant working with TD Synox and channel uh, people like Microsoft to try and explore what's going on within the Microsoft channel with partners, different product announcements and that sort of stuff. And I'm very hot, uh, so I'm, I'm probably bimbing my words a little bit here. Very happy today to be with Nico from Microsoft, um, who is big in modern workplace. Mike, uh, Nico, do you want to give a little introduction to yourself? Yeah, sure. I lead our go-to-market strategy for modern work portfolio in FMB, particularly in that segment. So we work very close with all the channels, CSB partners, and Citizenix's ecosystem of partners as well. Perfect. And I mean, Nico, how do you get to a position like yourself? Is it worth just giving a little bit of background on your career history and how long you've been in Microsoft and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. I started my career in Argentina. I'm actually Argentinian. I was born there and I studied industrial engineering, which is a very unusual um, unusual subject for someone who's doing go-to-market. Um, but as part of my career, I never had sales and marketing. And, and I was working in an oil and gas industry doing investment project analysis. So very, very different. Uh, one of my mates was working in Microsoft and tapped my shoulder and said, hey, I know that we had a discussion uh, about what you wanted to do and, you know, jump into sales and marketing and, and why don't you give it a crap? There is a role for you. Why don't you think about it? So I met the Microsoft team, loved it. Absolutely. So I jumped into the tech industry uh, as a partner account manager back in the day for system integrators. And, and that's what I did for about two years in Argentina. Then I moved to Australia. In Australia, I worked in the SMB team of doing channel sales uh, as well. They're in the, in the breath ecosystem of, of resellers. And then I move into more of my, my core that was business management. So I was working in the devices sales team in the partnerships with HP, Lenovo, uh, Dell, et cetera. So it was a really interesting one. And that led me to, to be very close to the Windows team because of, of course, the operating system. And then I ended up working uh, in, the, in the Windows BG, the business group, we call it, that is the product team essentially in the field. Uh, for consumer. So it was really interesting. I didn't know anyone in Australia, uh, media, but apparently I was uh, surrounding myself with big producers and TV hosts I didn't know anything about. Uh, and I was working on fun projects like advertising on big cricket matches and, and stuff like that. So really fun. Uh, from there, I went to education, really working, you know, with the edu, edu industry is, is brilliant and a passion of mine. I used to be a teacher back in the day. Um, and then also into the SMB. When we merged the Windows with the Office and the EMS team into Microsoft 365. And that kind of how I took over the entire suite of Microsoft 365, launched Microsoft 365. And that led me to move to Australia, to the UK, sorry, when, uh, when uh, we wanted to, my wife and I explore a bit more Europe. Uh, we moved in and two months later, the pandemic hit. So it didn't really work out as we planned it. <laughs> But it was it was a really good move, um, and I'm I'm doing this job still, which is which is something it's it's a passion of mine. I've been doing for a while, and and I think it's one of the best gigs in the company. Excellent! My God, you've been around all over the place. So well rounded. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, very different disciplines, different segments, different markets. Uh, versatility is is one of the key things in my profile. I suppose having the breadth, especially in the context of the fact that Microsoft products are all not converging as such, but they're all interrelated. So actually having the breadth you've got is a real big plus, I would have thought. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And, and I am like a bit of a joker uh, card, you know, every time that there is a, a bit of a, a, a project that needs a, a very weird 
profile. They look at me like, hmm, can you do that? So it's a, it's a nice thing. I, I appreciate that. Excellent. And you mentioned you're a teacher, sorry, completely off piece. How long yeah, you I used to be I used to be an assistant professor, not not a property professor in uh, engineering university doing okay. um, investment project analysis and also completely different. It was uh, product design. So taking mechanical and industrial engineers through the process of uh, creativity and, and ideation, design thinking, essentially, I was really amazing, but it was not a, a like a, not a paid board job. I did it out of passion, out of university. I, I had a good relationship with some of my professors and, and they say, hey, do you want to give us a hand? And, and it was great because I got exposed to the best universities in the country. So it was a really interesting experience. And also it gives you a really good background in, in how best practice product development works and all that sort of stuff, which absolutely. I can imagine you can play through to the Microsoft stack quite well. So Yeah, absolutely. Because as a as a go-to-market lead, I am responsible for, for how we bring the products to market. But at the same time, the eyes and ears of the engineering team back in headquarters uh, in the field. So a lot of the time, particularly in this market, that we are so far ahead in terms of uh, penetration of cloud services or security and so on, we are... Uh, an early adopter market, I'd say, an innovative market in that sense. And, and it's really good because it gives me the opportunity to understand what the market need is and understand those trends and, and bring them back up for my engineering team to work on them. And, and as I said, usually we are kind of a bit ahead and, 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 and plotting the, you know, what the path is moving forward. We test things, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, um, but it's, it's something that it, it, it's very joyful. To, to do these type of things and you know have have an impact on a project that you launch and suddenly becomes a worldwide best practice is is really really interesting. Yeah, brilliant. So so I mean so your primary skill set or, or interest in Microsoft is modern workplace holistically. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean and you're and, and you're very focused on SMB. I mean, what are you seeing in terms of market trends? I mean, we've had a few people talk about it. But it'll be interesting to see what your what your views of the the market are. Yeah, I probably say that there are. Three, four big, big trends that I see, probably four now. Um, the first one is around the collaboration piece and what we saw in the pandemic. Uh, if you think about it, from one day to the other, we were all in the office and went remotely 100%. And, and that's really interesting because uh, it was it was two years worth of digital transformation in two months, as Satya puts it, which was great to see, you know, everyone that was still pushing like, mm, I'm not sure about digital, uh, moving my business to a digital state, suddenly made the jump. It was forced to make the jump. And, and most of those customers did that jump with a good enough approach. It was uh, use whatever I can to, you know, uh, just just keep the business lights on pretty much, right? And and that led to a lot of consumer applications being used in business. If you think about it, WhatsApp and, and Skype and those things were kind of, hey, how can I just do it, get it done? And, and that was good enough, good enough. But then there's a, an inflection point when we come back to the office and, and these, these changes that we see in general in, in the expectations from employees around hybrid work and flexibility primarily, that are forcing businesses to say, hey, this is something that I need to reconsider as a sustainable approach. So the adoption of technology was a, a, a must. Uh, first would have been a nice to have in their eyes, then it was a must. And now it's something that uh, that is like, if I don't have it, my competition is gonna eat me alive and I'm gonna really struggle to attract and retain talent. So so we, we see that there is, a lot of customers that are rethinking the digital state and asking 
our channel for advice on, hey, how can we make it more polished? And, and this is where we see a lot of the channel uh, getting the benefit of, of that digital transformation from those customers. On the other hand, you also have one of the reasons why these people didn't want to go to the cloud in the first place is the fear of cybersecurity. Um, and, and, and that is something that I think is also has gone through a journey. It has gone through the journey where people didn't know what they were exposed to. But I feel like now people know the cyber threats are there. They just don't know the details, right? They know that they're exposed. Um, uh, a big power comes with a big responsibility, say it's Spider-Man's uncle, right? Uh, so similarly with digital transformation, and they understand that, but that's enough for them at their level. They're focused on running the business. So, so it's interesting to see how they rely on our channel to, to guide them. And, and this is where you'll find a plethora of different vendors out there. And, and over the years, uh, one vendor will tell you, I'm a specialist on protecting your email. I'm a specialist of protecting your device. I'm a specialist on protecting X, Y, and Z. And there are like suddenly 80 different applications in anyone's business. And, and it's a bit of a challenge. And that is kind of the third trend that we see out of the last few months. Post-pandemic is around consolidation. Right. If, if how do you consolidate vendors, uh, cut costs of unnecessary spend, and and simplify the operation uh, as well? Because it's not just the the software um, cost; it's also the cost of oper operationalization of all of that when you are patching things. And not only from our customers, which I'd say in, in the enterprise that's the main concern, but for us in SMBs, the channel, right? Because if you are a, a an MSP. It's much better to go to market with a good, better, best solution that you centralize from a single dashboard rather than having to train all your employees on 75 different vendors, platforms, and, and patching things, connecting things, and one provides an update and suddenly everything else is scrambling. So that is something that is attracting a lot of people to Microsoft right now in terms of consolidate and save. Uh, from a security perspective. And, and finally, I think the new trend that we see in market is, is AI. Everyone is super, super motivated by the innovation in AI with large language models, ChatGPT as the, as the brand that everyone is talking about, right? But, but it's an engine that runs in our platform and we're providing some of those services for customers to develop their own, uh, but also embedded into the products that we're bringing to market. It's super exciting. I mean, you're right. I mean AI is pretty much the only thing people want to talk about, but fundamentally, it's, in my view, not perfect yet, and it will, won't be for a long time. And, and I think the nice thing, Microsoft's are at the forefront, but you know, there's, there's, there's competition out there. I mean, what, what are you seeing in terms of competitive landscape on the AI piece? Are you seeing much, or are you getting the, you're, you're riding the wave of ChatGPT and OpenAI and Microsoft's investment? Look, it's, uh, it's probably... Um, we need to separate things, right? One is what you have in the truck that we sell, right? Right. Um, and, and we're selling that right now. There is AI embedded in a lot of the products that we have. You know, uh, designer in PowerPoint, you click there and, and it gives you design ideas. It's been there. Uh, analyze my data in Excel. It's been there. I think the breakthrough right now is the large language models. That GPT engine behind Chat GPT, which is you know something that we're taking advantage of and and using as a platform to provide enhancement to our products in a, in a different way. Because right now, the difference with large language models is that suddenly you can talk with human natural language and, and, and it does things, right? Mm. Um, and, and, and I don't want to derail the conversation, but, but 
thinking of the of the fact that you can take a Word document and drag it into a chat, like a, a, on a side panel, and say create a PowerPoint deck, ten slides based on this document, and it gives you everything. And you can say, mm, that's great, thank you, but uh, I want it to be based on the branding of my company. Copy the branding on this other file, and it does it. And suddenly, we're talking again about huge gains in productivity, which is what we're known for, right? The office suite, office equals productivity. And right now, large language models and the the um, the creation of these co-pilots and better in these, all of these tools and applications that you have, that's going to make a huge difference. It's not there yet for everyone. The product is ready and it's brilliant, let me tell you that. Um, but it's something that we need to roll out slowly for many, many reasons from uh, the scalability of the platform we have today, also the responsible AI principles that we have that we're making sure that we're doing it in a conscious and very, very thorough approach to, to making sure that we have privacy, security, et cetera. But we have customers testing it across the world already and, and it's safe, it's secure, and it's brilliant. So I'm looking forward to see what people do with that once it hits market at scale. It's interesting, you know, there's been a lot of focus on Copilot and all the sort of the teaser marketing and PR stuff that's going out there and, and you know, everyone's quite excited and that's all fine. And it's mainly focused around, like you said, Word and PowerPoint and the existing Office suite. Teams is something that's got quite a lot of AI in it already. Are you able to share sort of where Teams is going with regards to Copilot? Are you allowed to sort of give any little sneak previews? Yeah, I can give you a, a bit of it. Um, there is there is a combination of things. AI, as I say, it's been embedded in a lot of things, right? So if you think about closed captions, um, yeah. that is AI powered, essentially. Now, with large language models, we can enhance that even better, right? So, so you will see things like Teams Premium, that is a new, a new um, SKU that we launched to market that has enhanced capabilities across a number of things. That has a component of Teams Premium is AI, where you have intelligent recap, for example. So you may be, um, you might miss a meeting today, but that intelligent recap is going to take the video, the transcription. And it's going to create chapters based on what the discussion was about. Uh, and then it's going to uh, show you in the video where you joined, where you left, so you can pick up. Or if anyone mentioned you, it's going to show an ad mention. But then the interesting thing is that all of that as well, because it's enhanced by these large language models, it takes a transcription. It does a, a succinct recap with a few bullets of what happened. Let's say Phil and Nico discussed, I don't know, the Microsoft Teams opportunity for the channel. But then you can expand that and see the sub bullets. It's like, well, team asked about this and Nico replied that. And, and, and then it has um, you know, quotations to where in the video that is. So if you want to watch the entire thing, that's brilliant. And also, if you look at the, at the bottom, you'll see the actions. So team committed to send Nico a recording version of, of this podcast. And, and Nico said that he will send the audience X, Y, and Z. So all of that now becomes a task, and the task is automatically synchronized with your Outlook or to-do or plan or whatever you're using. And that is just beautiful, right? And that's that's coming out of Teams Premium. And mm -hmm. then Copilot, once, once available, which, by the way, Teams Premium, you can buy it today. Copilot, once available, is going to enhance even more all of that because, for example, you're going to be in a meeting, and within the meeting, you can go to the meeting with Copilot. And you can start saying, you know, I joined late. And I can say, hey, what happened so far? And I can read through that 
summary of what the recap of what happened so far. People talking about the weather, or was it a they having a laugh about whatever uh, the weekends, and Phil introduced Nico into the podcast. You know what I mean? So you'll do that, or you can stay doing things like I don't know. You're in a customer uh, in a sales conversation, and suddenly you want to recap what you discussed and what you agreed, and so on. You can say, "Hey, summarize what happened so far," and we'll give you that. That similar thing to what we talked about the meeting recap in Teams Premium, but it's going to do it live while you're in the meeting. So you can say, hey, we discussed these, we, discussed, we agreed that, we're gonna, are you aligned with that? So it starts simplifying things, but then you can go even deeper than that and ask questions. Hey, what was the decision on the forecast for this month? Or uh, the decision was that? And what other things were discussed around it? And because it knows that you're talking about forecasts and saying, oh, Phil wanted to be more aggressive on the forecast because he's working on an opportunity of some kind and Nico was more conservative, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's brilliant because you start actually asking questions to the model that is inferring from everything that happened. And again, sending you to where you took that from, which is just, just beautiful. Or you can bring documents. And, anyway, it's it goes a bit, right? It's so lovely talking to you, Nico, because you're so enthusiastic about it. It's amazing. Well, I suppose in layman's terms, though, I mean, obviously, like I say, Teams Premium is available today and it's clearly selling and, and you know, and people are using it. Copilot, well, how, how are you going to differentiate, you know, where Teams Premium stops and where Copilot starts? Or is it going to be one big product? What, what's the, are you allowed to share what the product strategy is? What? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we need to probably break it down because Teams Premium is a product that is way more than AI, right? It, yeah. it has enhanced capabilities across different things. You have in one side areas around personalization where you can have different meeting types. Let's say that you have internal meetings all day, but suddenly you have client meetings. So client meeting can be a preset type that has several things that you want to have inclusive of, for example, branded backgrounds. So the lobby and when the person joins and so on, it's all branded with Phil's business, right? Uh, then you can have things around security, for example, an end-to-end -end encryption for something that is very sensitive. You can have sensitivity labels. Uh, you can have uh, recording limitations, so nobody can record or, or watermarking. So people, because that's the typical thing, you, you, you block recording and forwarding and so on, but somebody takes the phone, takes a picture. So you can have watermarking with their email address, everyone's email address, so you know where it leaked from. Uh, you can have things around appointments and virtual appointments with queues of uh, scheduled things or you know ad hoc uh, things and and you can have a person that is managing all of that in the back and pushing things in and out and so on uh, you've got advanced webinar capabilities or you have registration pages reminders you have um, the virtual green room for the presenters you can have analytics in the end so you you get that no show uh, you know, analytics and, and, and understanding mm -hmm. a bit more there. Um, so then you also have the AI that I mentioned. There is a lot there, right? And and those use cases, maybe you're into AI, maybe you're not. Maybe you'll never use the Intelligent Recap ever, but you might really benefit from the rest. So that's mm -hmm. an important thing is, is, is what's your customer need that these can help. And sometimes the pricing will be comparable or even way cheaper than some third-party software that you might need to plug in and manage differently and so on uh, in your stack. And are you, so obviously Teams Premium is a chargeable item, yeah. Um, are you seeing it 
really only applicable to enterprise or corporate customers or or is there i mean have you got any interesting use cases in smb that you know partners could latch on to to help them try and find a market for their own teams premium sales and their own customer bases uh i think it's been perceived as enterprising to be honest but i would say really not it's a very good for smbs and let me let me let me think about a few examples here right let, let, let's talk examples let's say you're a startup you are pitching for funds on some new ip that you you have and of course you want that to be you know confidential so you might want to add watermarks to your presentation because you are presenting under nda in a virtual meeting with investors that are elsewhere uh, or you're a tax agency small tax agency and you want to apply into an encryption or sensitivity labels to your customers, your, your clients, uh, information that is being shared. Uh, you might be a wellness coach and you want to host live webinars to talk about nutrition to your customers. Um, you might be exporting some goods to the EU and you want to have live translation to the live captions. So everyone in different languages, in German, French, or any other language can, can benefit and, and you can understand them as well and have a, a very fluent conversation on things. Um, the sky's the limit, I think. You have, you have a lot of practices in, uh, of, of, of applications, sorry. Uh, and I remember, I remember a customer that we work with, uh, it was called Bristol Dental Specialist. We did a lot of case studies and, and a lot of uh, events with them because it was brilliant. Uh, a typical conversation I had with everyone was, you cannot digitize a dentist. And, and game on, these guys took it to the next level. They, they did something that was brilliant because it was a case of digitizing the, the first appointment with the clients. Um, and it was brilliant because what they did is they were thinking about all the experience, end-to-end -end experience of the patient where they they were going to go through a major procedure and suddenly they could have a virtual appointment from the comfort of their home. So no commute, no waiting time. And suddenly you're from your couch meeting the person that is going to open you up and fix your teeth, right? Whatever it is, your problem. And they would have a very quick conversation and then the doctor would send them a sway. I remember they used sway to send a lot of things, their bio and, and the procedure, what it looks like and the post uh, surgery and so on. And by digitizing and managing everything digitally, it was funny because they 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 told us that they tripled the chair time. Chair time is where they make money, right? They don't make money from your first appointment that you come in and like, hi, what do I have? They make money out of you know sitting there having a major surgery on your mouth, uh, and they were able to triple that. And and they were using Teams for consultations with other doctors, and and it was really really brilliant how they did that. Now I'm thinking about these guys doing this in a branded fashion with teams without the need for the client to download the app because now they can do it straight from the web or the phone um, so it's streamlining that even more i think it, it it's brilliant examples of how you can apply these this technology and this is really probably quite a crude point but in that dentist situation did, did people have to open their mouths in front of their webcam so the, the dentist could have a little look in there sometimes they, do they did sometimes they did yes yeah sometimes they did um, it was for, for specific things. I, I remember asking the same question. Not for every case. In some cases, they needed to see the patients, but usually it would come from a referral because it was for major procedures based on yeah, what they cool. do in the practice. Uh, so they would kind of have some of the, the things that they needed to see and to, and to point out. They would just consolidate and, and package it up in a way to, to send them. Um, so they would consolidate everything digitally. They would have a folder for customers, et cetera, everything organized. So 
uh, it was it was really well organized in in their case. That is a tremendous example, actually, because you obviously not corporate. And yeah, like I said, there would be a cost there, but fundamentally the value associated with that cost is enormous. Yeah, and I think absolutely. in terms of partners' views of the world, just uplifting their Teams licenses or the Microsoft 365 licenses to include Teams Premium is one way of doing it. But actually you've got to try and find a really good reason why your customer wants to do that and associate with the revenue or the profit of that customer before you can go down the, and it's, it's basic value-based selling, isn't it? But it, I think with something like Teams Premium, it's a premium product. You need yeah. to find a good good reason to sell it, I suppose. Yeah. And I mean, if you've but got I, any other thoughts? Yeah, I, I was going to say, one of the things that we see partners doing really well is now starting to package everything that Teams has to offer, right? I talked to you about one of the trends being consolidating to save money. The customers that they're working with most of the time have a lot of applications. Like it's countless number of, you know, customers that are working with Microsoft 365. They have everything they need in the suite, but they are purchasing point of like point of point solutions for different things. Uh, when partners start to package up everything that Teams has to offer from, you know, Teams for video conferencing and chat and, and collaboration, which is a, a great value that team brought, Teams brought compared to older um, all the products to uh, Teams phone, which is actually a massive area of opportunity for the channel, massive area of opportunity. You give a business phone to each individual or even a, a shared phone in the business, but then you also start taking advantage of all the innovation you have around you know, managing inbound calls, triaging calls to different areas, you have, you know, managing queues, the, the consultative transfer, all those beautiful things that you would have with expensive hardware under a desk. Uh, so now in the cloud with great access to technology, like one of the things I was talking to, to someone the other day is like from an accessibility perspective, even you can, you can instead of press one for sales or support or whatever, you can say one. That is very simple and trivial for most of us. But for some people, that's the difference between being able to contact the person they need to contact or not. So, so those little things is, is bringing what you have in the cloud, but then once it's in the cloud, you can enhance it and enhance it and enhance it, right? And partners are doing that very, very well. And considering that we have a massive compelling event, 2025 switch off of the traditional network, IFD and PFTN, I think that is putting a lot of pressure to businesses to move from traditional landlines to uh, voice, um, cloud, cloud uh, voice. And these Teams, you know, Teams phone comes really well. Some partners are partnering up with big telcos. Some partners are are working with likes of Tech Data to figure out what's the best way with more niche solution to go to market. Some partners are deciding to go with the Microsoft calling plans, which is fair enough. Microsoft can also support you there if you need. Um, and then you add that, and then partners are developing their own IP with Teams as a platform. Because Teams allows you to bring your apps, right? Third-party apps, Microsoft apps, but also you can build your own IP and monetize it. Uh, one great example that I, I, I heard, um, it's a, a partner, a small partner that was working with local councils. One of the things that they did is once they, they had a couple in their, in their portfolio, they realized there were common issues. And as an example, there's a person that has to go through all the parks across the council, taking pictures and taking notes in the form uh, of every tree, every bin, every everything that is there, every event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when you think about the amount of paperwork required, uh, that is crazy. So this guy created a power app, very simple, low code or no code. Now even we have a co-pilot for power apps. 
coming soon as well. So you can even tell Power App, hey, I want this, 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 and create the flow, create the app. And suddenly, these guys are creating a digital streamlined process for a council that is saving them time and money. And he's monetizing because he built once and he's selling to every single council. And they are raving so much about it that councils are talking to other councils. And in that industry, he understands that word of mouth is critical. It's not that com it's competitive, it's not mm. retail, right? I have something my competitor wants to have the opposite. It's, it's, it's word of mouth. So really in case of, of understanding a need of a customer and, and creating an industry application that they can monetize. So you have Teams, Teams phone, Teams rooms, talking about hybrid, right? How do you feed the rooms in the business? Common area phones, et cetera, et cetera. There's even hardware money to, made, to be made there. Um, teams premium. So the, the Teams family to monetize is growing. It's everything centralized, managed, and streamlined in a single place. And in most cases, the base product is already there because customers already have Teams. So the question to the channel is, how are you going to monetize it, right? Mm. Uh, how are you, are you going to capture share of wallet? Avoid all of these third-party things that they are overpaying for and simplify it. Simplify it for yourself, the way you run your business, so you've got to acquire more customers, but simplify it for them. Lower their prices, get more services out of them, and, and keep charging them the same, but get more in your pocket. Um, yeah, it's clear that Microsoft's got a, really broad portfolio and, and I think partners are aware of that but I suppose the difficulty is staying abreast of what's going on with all of the different product ranges and making sure they've got the right uh, ability to sell or sales messages and stuff like that I mean from a from your perspective obviously with Copilot and Teams Premium being two separate things in reverse order I mean what can partners do to get their head around Teams Premium because I think that's quite an interesting sales point in its own right and then obviously a bit longer term because it's not yet announced it, what do you think people can be doing to prepare the co-pilot when it does come through. Have you got any recommendations? Yeah, actually something that has been very successful this year, we've built a program called the SMB Masters. And we're going to enhance it and evolve it. It's going to be bigger and better even next year, which is fantastic, working on back with, with the corporate team on, on some of the content and local, local trainers and so on. But one of the things that we're doing is creating a multimodal enablement platform, which has uh, on-demand content, live webinars, one, one every week for seven weeks. We have three-day virtual workshops uh, that is more in-depth for three days in a row. We have in-person events sometimes. So all of those things, we're working with tech data, the likes of tech data, to, to bring everything in a single place and enhance it, right? So when we run with the tech data team, the I should say, to the Cynics team. said it three uh, times. I'm counting, Nico. You said tech yes. data three times. I'm really sorry. Uh, they're going to get angry at me. Uh, to the Cynics. Uh, to the Cynics team. Um, feedback was great, and we want to do more of, right? How do we embed it into the things that they, they have? And all of this content is going to be evolving as the product set evolves. So we've just added Teams Premium. We have Teams Essentials. We have Windows 365. We have security. We have a lot of things in there. Um, and we're bringing more and more content. One of the things that um, we heard a lot that partners wanted to understand, what type of managed services I can create around security, we just brought something like that. So if there is a need that you have to understand how you can monetize, let us know. Because what we're doing in the back is looking at, you know, best practices across the world, 
some partners that have been very successful, understanding what they've done, what type of services and bring it to you so you can monetize and build that practice, enable your people. And this training is around sales. We have a sales track and a technical track. Uh, and they can even post LinkedIn badges once they completed those. So uh, that is probably the single place I would send everyone because we're going to keep enhancing and enhancing. And as we get closer to Copilot, you're going to see some of these things uh, trickling through. Copilot's going to be included in there. So so always up to date and and keep asking from us what you need to to enable your team. Uh, and that can be found. Let me let me shout it out. Aka.ms forward slash SMB partner portal, aka that I miss forward slash SMB partner portal. That's the single hub where you're going to find this and a lot more things like assets, pitch decks to take to customer, emails to send out, even information around incentives. How can you monetize from just selling the license with Microsoft? Brilliant. And again, apologies, it might be a stupid question. Copilot, it's not, it's one sort of universal brand, but I'm guessing there's going to be individual training when it's announced for Copilot on Teams or Copilot in, in Office Suite, I mean, what, what, how's that structured? Do you, do you know what that looks like? Yeah, so Copilot, I would say, is probably a concept yeah, uh, okay. more than a product, right? Yeah. So if you think about the the chatbot concept as a concept, you, if I tell you chatbot, you understand kind of what it is, right? Um, hopefully, in the future, you can say Copilot, and and people understand it. Because the idea is that Microsoft is building a ton of copilots. You're going to hear us say copilot every five minutes. Because there is a copilot for GitHub, you have a copilot for Power Platform, copilot for Viva, copilot for Microsoft 365, copilot for etc., etc., etc. But copilot essentially is a concept of a digital agent that is working side by side with you based on large language models that are grounded into your Microsoft graph, which has all the context of what you're working with. And, and all the information and, and your emails, your every information, your data is there. So it's grounded into that to give you a more refined answer and understand what you're talking about and what you want. It also is working in the apps that you have. So, so if you think about it, it's a large language model using a process called grounding to make it personalized and working in the apps. But this grounding goes both ways. When you prompt the, the co-pilot, say, hey, I want you to turn these documents uh, this this word document into a PowerPoint deck, or I want you to analyze all my projection of sales for the next three years in this Excel file. All of that prompt goes through understanding what you're talking about, that grounding, and and before it comes back to give you the answer or the action that you requested, it's going to go through all the responsible AI, so all the security and the privacy. So if I'm asking um, my Microsoft 365 Copilot to give me information around HR. HR payrolls, I'm not going to get access. But if someone in my CFO's team is asking that, the answer is going to be allowed because it is all connected within the Microsoft Graph on what data you have access to, and, and that's beautiful. And then the other important thing is that it's a big concern around customers, and they always ask us this question is, well, but I'm going to be putting all this grounding into this model. All of these, you know, access to my information, my data, and so on, into the model. I'm training the model that my competitor is using. The answer is no. Your data is your data. So the large language model and everything that we're working on has, like, it reaches here. Everything else that happens in the business is here. So that's why you might see all businesses tell you do not put business information into a ChatGPT uh, request because that is public and it's going to train the model. 
In this case, it's not going to train the model, so you're free to use it, and you will have all the restrictions and policies and safeguards that you need for that. So that's Perfect. it's a it's a really exciting time. Yeah, I, it's in, and you're infectious with your excitement. It's really quite cool. Um, look, Nico, uh, we've sort of timed out a little bit. We could go on for hours. I really appreciate you making the time today. So, in summary, the web link you gave me, if I took a note correctly, was aka.ms slash smb partner portal is that correct that is correct that is Hooray, correct. yeah and and if anyone who's listening to this has got any sort of follow-on questions or any feedback on what what they've heard uh, please do get in touch with the microsoft business unit in ed cynics not tech data nico um the email address is csp.uk at tdcynics.com um nico thanks ever so much great talking to you as ever um We'll pull it a day there. I'm sure if anyone's to, to contact you on LinkedIn, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. So it's Nico Chariton. Um, look, up, look him up on LinkedIn. And yeah, if anyone's got any questions, do get in touch with PD Cynics. But other than that, Nico, pleasure to talk to you. I'll see you soon, hopefully. Thank you for coming. Brilliant. Right. Thank you, sir. Um, Did that, that meet the expectations?